In this episode, I speak with Nick Stavropoulos, who teaches in the great state of Michigan. He shares some awesome stories of how he got into coaching, how he's loved coaching, and the impact it's had on him, his wife, the players he's coached, and even the other coaches that he coaches against and with. This is an awesome episode. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Kieran, Coach's Corner Chats, and on the episode today, I have Nick Stavropoulos. Nick, where are you at, and what are you up to? Yeah, I, uh, I just finished my third season as head coach at Ferndale High School, fifth overall. Um, next year, uh, I'm undecided. I, I did leave Ferndale. We did move further away from Ferndale, so we, we moved to Rochester Hill. So next move is to be determined uh, in January. We'll, we'll announce that. But um, yeah, but was at Ferndale um, just up until a couple of weeks ago as we lost in the playoffs. So. And where, where, is Fern, where are you located? Uh, I'm in Rochester Hills. I used to live in Berkeley, which was right next to Ferndale, um, literally minutes away. Um, and then recently, uh, I would say five months ago, I just moved to Rochester Hills, which is probably about 40 minutes to 50 minutes away to, to Ferndale. And so that then we're talking Michigan. Cause I see yes. the Lions, yep. Detroit Lions stuff. On. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is the, this is the spit up hoodie uh, from my kids. I got two under two. So this is the, the four <laughs> night, you know, but doing the dishes, rocking the baby, putting the toddler to bed. This is the, obviously, you know, it's a Lions hoodie. So you don't care if it gets destroyed. Right. Yeah. And uh, hopefully they can get a dub at some point. Right. <laughs> Either way, just get that first draft pick. Right. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's where you can start building stuff what was uh so you said three years at the at, at the head coaching position what was some of the first things that when you took over um as the head guy what was some of the things that you tried to implement within the program so when I first started one of the biggest things that I noticed was they always practiced they also they always had JV and varsity practice together and as you know there's such a skill discrepancy between those, mm -hmm. you know, you can have an all-star freshman or, you know, an, it, it's really men versus boys sometimes, right. Regardless uh, of size too. And so um, as head coach, that was one of the things that I changed immediately that, Hey, listen, we're not doing this anymore. Um, you know, varsity needs to practice with varsity. JV is going to practice with JV. Um, and the second thing I'm guessing that would be the second question was uh, we did have cuts on varsity for the first time, just because, you know, they kind of ran it as a rec program and we really wanted to get these kids uh, competing, right? So we, we just, you know, we implemented those two things along with a preseason workout um, off-season guide that the kids all did as well. How did, how, how were uh, parents and players receptive to the kind of the change of mindset of like, hey, it's been fun, it's kind of been social, we're now going to go a little more competitive with this? I think that because they knew me as an assistant coach, um, they knew that I, I wanted the kids to win, right? You know, you could see, I'm sure, you know, you've, you've been a coach losing isn't fun, right? Especially when you lose because of basics or just, um, you know, things that need to be changed or, or not, are not prepping right for your game against a, a better opponent. Right. Um, you know, because they knew me in advance and knew that I was passionate about this. And, and obviously we don't coach for money over here in high school sports <laughs> and athletics, uh, they knew that, Hey, like this guy's going to come in. Who's not a teacher. Um, he's not, he's not coming here asking for barely, you know, he's not asking the boosters for money to buy stuff. Like 
he's coming here because he wants, he wants to win, right? He wants these kids to understand that, you know, they can win here. And, and that was the message is what I start with is, Hey, it doesn't matter how big our school is. It doesn't matter who you are. Like we're going to work all year for a common goal to compete. And, you know, they all bought in. So I'm very lucky that they did. So have you seen uh, the, the progression over your three years from where you started to now? Yeah. So when I first started as an assistant, um, you know, they I think they won like three games, four games the second year. Uh, and then immediately the third year, we won 12. So my first year as head coach, we won 12. And, you know, I can't take all the credit. The kids worked hard. I mean, it was, you know, I, I there's a couple of people, like you said, you know, who would I say thanks to, you know, Lewis Robinson at Aquinas helped me. Luke Ruff at Aquinas helped me. Um, Ian Jones at Clarkston High School. Um, you know, a bunch of guys who have been around the block at very high levels in, in soccer. Um, you know, I looked at them as men mentors. They gave me great ideas to form an off-season guide. And, you know, it just, it, it was a big change, right? Like kids all bought in and, and, and you know, you, you know, this as a coach too, when you, when you inspire kids that, Hey guys, like, you know, this isn't cool. Like we can win games. This is why we didn't win and we can do better. You know, you have that special moment where you bond with them because they start to believe. And, and you know, this too, as a coach, where when you're in a game against a better opponent, you know, if your team believes it, and then that belief in the other team is starting to, to, to dwindle, like you got a real chance. And I think that was, has been, you know, the model for our whole season every year is guys like you got to believe you got to work hard and believe. And um, yeah, I mean, it was an instant change of, of, you know, we won three to four games. We lose first round of playoffs every year to, you know, um, winning a division or, well, we tied for the division uh, last year. We lost, came in second this year to a very good Bloomfield Hills team. Um, and mind you, there's only 500 and something kids in my school, right. Compared to Bloomfield Hills who has thousands. Wow. Right. Yeah. So you're on the, the small end when it comes to high school soccer. Yeah. It, but it's kind of misleading because we, um, merge with a magnet school that I don't get any players from. So unfortunately it keeps me in division two. Um, and looks like I have 1100 kids in my program, but in for, like I said, unfortunately, we have 565 kids and um, you know, it's like I told you before, I have only had 13 to 14 on average on varsity because of size. And uh, I think if the, you know, Ferndale did drop down to division three, I think they would get much, we'd have much more luck when it comes to playoffs, you know, be playing these bigger uh, private schools and schools around us, but yeah, uh, very small school. And like I said, unfortunately we are paired with a magnet school that makes us look a lot larger than we are. You mentioned the the a couple of the mentors. How how did you come in to be connected with Aquinas um, College and and the coaches there? Yeah, crazy story. So a couple. So one of my first years, I coached the girls as well, and we won their first title. Um, this was in 2019, and I had three really special uh, girls that played on my team. I had uh, and. At the NAIA level, I knew all three could play there. I just didn't know, you know, what they wanted to do, right? Like, I'm sure as a coach, you know, these these kids were just trying to guide them as best I can. So, um, you know, I, I reached out to Lewis on a whim because we had some mutual friends. And I go, hey, Lou, you know, you don't know me. I'd love to meet you. I have three special players for you that are academically perfect to fit what you want. You know, I think they'd be a great fit for your school. And as soon as that happened, like, we just clicked. Same thing with Luke, who's at Aquinas now. Um, Joey Tinian at Rochester, same great guy. We, we went to the same high school. You know, I think it's just being uh, open to talking to people. I think that's 
I, same thing how we met, right? Like I reached out to you and um, I'm just, I guess I'm, a, I'm an extrovert, right? I just love to talk to people, especially about things that I love. And, um, you know, we created that Aquinas pipeline uh, right away just because of, of, you know, their willingness to, to entertain a small school because they're small themselves. And, you know, they were interested in the kids we, we were putting through our program. Is Aquinas, I'm assuming, like the nearby college option? Uh, no, 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 no. Actually, it's it's about two hours away. It's uh-huh. in Grand Rapids. Yeah. So like I said, I, I mean, I did my homework, right? So I I knew my kids weren't D1 material, right? I knew I had one girl actually in 2019. She was and she just wanted to become um, she just wanted to be a student, unfortunately, right? Like, I'm happy where she is. And now she's like, coach, like I should have played soccer. I mean, you know how it is, right? And um, I knew like D2 NAIA is where the other girls would fit in. And so I reached out to all the coaches and, you know, some were warm, some were cold, you know, everywhere, right? Every, anywhere in the Midwest or even we ate uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, because, you know, one of them wanted to be a marine biologist and they have a couple of good uh, schools down there. I can't remember the school now, but you know, I, I utilized LinkedIn, I utilized uh, Google, I just, you know, became friends with as many people as I could to, uh, to help these kids that, that, you know, go to a small school who don't have that much help. I love the fact that you, number one, were realistic with the girls as to like, look, I know everybody wants to go D1, that there's that kind of pride ego type thing, but let's be realistic. What do you want to do? And I love the idea that when the one girl was like, no, I love playing soccer, but I think I just want to go be a student. You were like, go for it. Just keep rocking and rolling. And it, and it shows that, you know, your players in terms of the ones that like, well, I don't want to send you to a college that doesn't offer anything that deals with marine biology or whatever topic thing that they want to focus on. So I think that speaks volumes to you as to that idea, like you said earlier about, I'm not only preparing you to be great at soccer, but I'm you to be great at life right yeah and to build off that too you know i'm, I'm very lucky that I, I worked at cisco for a very long time um i work at aptive now which is a big uh it's a global tier one automotive company you know we write letters of recommendation for all these kids regardless of they want to be um if they want to be an astronaut if they want to be a movie uh creator like we just wrote one for one of my one of my girls on my teams wants to direct movies, uh, but she wants to go to Layola. And, you know, we, we wrote, we wrote her a letter of recommendation. You know, I looked at all my contacts on LinkedIn to see if they knew anyone in admissions to help her. And, you know, it's, it, it's a family, right. And we run it like that because these kids deserve it. Right. So, you know, before the season, all my new freshmen, we have them fill out like a college profile, right. Regardless if they're good enough to play in college, it's more so just to learn about them. So we know, you know, uh, Sydney wants to be an engineer or Jason wants to go into the military or, uh, you know, Frank wants to go to a great business school. So then when these kids ask these questions, when they're becoming juniors and seniors, upperclassmen, we can help them, you know, in their, you know, guide them to where they need to be. Right. And, and it's very, we're very lucky that we have, um, you know, people that bought into that because we've been able to place kids in internships, um, and do really cool stuff with that, you know, because we have those profiles and, and such a close relationship with our players. The the neat thing too is just hearing the kind of the, the stories and descriptions as the kids are going all over. Um, right. Yeah. Cool <laughs> variety. And I think the neat thing is to um, the idea of giving everyone an opportunity when you come into the program as a freshman. 
I'm giving every single one of you this paper. I'm going to learn about you. And then as we keep to grow, some of you will have the opportunity to go and be a soccer player. Some of you will be able to go to go to the college level. Um, what are some of the things? So now, since you've been on both sides, gender wise, what, what are some of the differences that you've noticed and how you had to deal with like the, your boys program versus your, the girls program? Right. This is actually something funny. So, um, I was finishing another degree in the University of well, Wayne State University um, when I was coaching the girls, and I was doing a statistics. Um, it doesn't matter. Anyways, I was doing a statistics, essentially a, a, a case study, and I I did boys versus girls, and I used and this is funny because I was telling them I'm using them for, I'm using their data for my paper, and they were laughing. But essentially, how one of the biggest things I noticed is how they pick teams. Boys pick by skill level and I noticed my girls picked on relationships hmm. so it didn't matter how good they were and mind you so I did this for weeks I, I marked if it was the same or not right like did did when we made captains to break whether it was 3v3 you know uh I like to do a 5v5 drill with two neutrals like when they're when they're picking the teams every single time for me the girls picked on relationship versus skill and the boys always picked on skill, no matter what. And I'm talking like we had, I, I mean, I data from every day, right? So it was a 90 day thing for the girls, 90 day, day thing for the boys. And I, it was just hilarious to see the difference between the two, because, um, you know, I, I never, if you would have asked me that, I would have never thought that that would happen uh, in such a black and white literal sense, right? Because I'm pretty gray. So, um, and it could be just because Ferndale's Ferndale, right? You know, the soccer teams haven't been great. So these kids have very strong relationships with each other right so um you know that i wrote that in my paper too about how hey listen you know <laughs> statistically and historically these soccer teams aren't very good so they're probably picking because they love their friends and this is a small area um but you know I, it was competitive right and and with the boys it was always about getting the strongest team um another difference is tactics with my boys it was I could make them homework and be like, we're going to run if, if nobody, if you guys can't answer three like simple questions about our opponent next week, like a, probably like a big game, whether it's a division game or whatever, like we'll do a VO breakdown or like a huddle breakdown and I'll give them key, like five easy things to remember. Like they just could not function if it wasn't done all together, right? Where you, you held them accountable and it's just, it, it, they're they're teenage boys right like you know what it is you know what it's like <laughs> the girls I could give them a stack of 20 papers right formation guide why we press what are the traps um a false nine like a conversion into a false nine on a counterattack. they absorbed it like a sponge my boys they and it's maybe because my boys were more athletically gifted compared to the girls but the girls absorbed the tactics the boys just <laughs> like I said it was you know they rather just go on the field and, 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 you know, do a, a physical model instead of reading. So. I think it's great insight what you just shared. Cause I, everything you were saying, cause I've coached both sides um, gender wise. And I agree completely. The girls are very much um, like people pleasers. So when you say, Hey, this is how we're going to bet out of the back or this is how we're going to press and they do it. They just want to hear that they did it correctly. The boys, you can kind of tell sometimes, and they're like, dude, 
we got this. We'll just go out there and crush them. And then like, no, you have to have a plan. You just can't go running around. Right. Right. Thing. So I completely agree uh, with those types of things uh, that you brought up. I love the fact that you did a, a study. That's really, really cool because it starts to kind of maybe look for little intricacies like you noticed. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was funny because even my professor at the time was just laughing. She was like, this was the easiest assignment I think I gave someone. She was laughing. And I told her, I mean, you saw before I wrote it, you know, what my hypothesis was. Like, I didn't think this was going to happen statistically wise, statistics wise. And she, she was just laughing. She was like, I should have definitely, she was like, I'm never going to let this happen again. I'm going to make this a harder assignment. And um, yeah, it was fun. And like I said, you know, they, they stuck to their guns every single time we even did. So we even did a charity, uh, not like a charity thing we did with the girls. We even did like this fun, um, like freeze foot, like freeze, freeze Frisbee tag or something. I can't remember what it was, but same thing. They picked on relationships and I'm like, you guys can get competitive. Like I even try to interject to, huh. to skew the data and they, nope, nope. You know, Tara's my friend and you know, Sydney's my friend. I'm like, you guys, are you know true to the data i couldn't get you to be an outlier so it's really really interesting what um what got you into coaching like why why is nick passionate and enjoy working with these youngsters you said you're not a teacher so maybe not in the educational type thing but what what was kind of maybe the spark that got you into this right so i started my tenure at soccer playing for um you know a couple teams as a kid uh you know the the biggest thing is I played at Eisenhower. Josh Van Houten is another one of my, um, I don't know if you've met Josh, but Josh Van Houten's father is, I believe he's in the Hall of Fame in Michigan for soccer. Um, and then, you know, he he was my coach. And when I was younger, he inspired me to play, right? Like every, we, we were part of a massive school that went to back-to-back state titles. I, we lost both, but, um, you know, he he was inspirational for me. And, you know, trying to play in college and then unfortunately due to injury, um, you know, I tried to walk on, I had, you know, very, very bad knee injury the summer before my freshman year. So I was just trying to, to walk on, but, um, the inspiration came from my wife currently at my, at my age. Right. So I really didn't want to coach, you know, I, I had this negative context on, on football because I was so sad due to injury that, you know, I couldn't keep playing. And, um, after so many surgeries, now I can play, um, at a, at a pretty high level, but not, you know, what I would be at, at mid thirties w- without, you know, a new knee. So um, it was my wife. So a great story is, is that five years ago, a little bit more than five years ago now, my wife is a teacher, as I shared with you earlier, she gets like those consortium emails about open openings, right? And I'm sure you get the same thing all the time when there's a job opening, whether it's soccer related or not, it's probably like, you know, we need an art teacher or we need this. So she saw one for a soccer coach and it was by right by our house, right? So she kind of set me up on a blind date. She goes, Hey, you, do you want to go watch a soccer game? And I'm like, not really. It's raining, you know? Um, and we just moved, we just moved here and she wasn't my wife at the time either. Um, we were just, we were just dating and she's like, no, no, you need to show up at the school. Like there's gonna be a fun game. You need to meet this guy, Matt. Um, and I'm like, okay, like I'll go, I'm going to appease you pouring rain. I am the only one there. There is no, it is like monsooning. I'm sitting there in like my Adidas hoodie and I'm like this is I'm like why am I here like this is and my wife's like just talk to Matt like no matter what I'm texting her I'm telling her hey you know why am I here why am I here she goes no just wait so Ferndale ends up beating like this is one of the worst games I've ever seen and I'm gonna laugh because if some of my past players hear me say this they're gonna be like we weren't that bad coach I promise no no like it was 
Like I remember a ball went in off a corner kick and it just hung in the air and the, like the goalie dropped it in his net. And then this, it was one of the worst soccer games I've, I've ever witnessed. And, and they won. And I was like, Oh, this is great. Like Ferndale's Ferndale's not that bad. And um, so the coach comes over to me, he's like, Hey, are you, you're here for the interview. Right. And I go, what? And you know, my wife set me up, like she, she did all the car, you know, correspondence and she's like, she's seeing me on these emails. And so I, I really had no idea what I was walking into. And, He's like, yeah, we need an assistant, a J, uh, assistant varsity coach and a JV coach. And, um, you know, you, <laughs> you can't say no, you know, you're sitting there in the rain and I'm like, okay, like I'll come back tomorrow and we'll, we'll talk about this. And so I went home and my wife's like, yeah, aren't you happy? I'm like, yeah, you, you kind of right. And you kind of know me and, you know, and that's probably why I'm married to her and love her dearly. Right. So yeah, very, just by chance. And I, I did work at that time with a couple other uh, soccer teams, um, you know, just, just randomly like would run sessions for my buddies, uh, who, who have travel teams and, uh, you know, just, like I said, just kind of figuring out my life at that point. And, um, you know, my wife knew that I loved the play, uh, and, you know, I was helping my buddies run their sessions and, and game plan and, and break down film. So she uh, set me up on that blind date interview and now we're here five years later. So. That is the wildest. Cause usually it's the wife that's like <laughs> pulling, like, when are you going to be home? Or you know, Right. That's what it's like now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny how, but I'm sure there's part, you're like, hey, remember the whole rainy game you sent me to. So we kind of set this whole thing, the domino effect. Right. And that's, that's actually, so I've, you know, I've had my, I have two under two. So this, this past season was extremely hard for us because I had a newborn. I had a toddler who was under two. Um, we just moved to this new house. It was far away. And I'm very thankful for my wife um, because she knows, you know, what that community means to us and what we mean to them. So she was very selfless. You know, we had a lot of family. I'm Greek for my last name. I'm sure you figured it out. You know, we had a lot of family come help and uh, she made it work and she's an angel. And, you know, thanks doesn't do a proper thank you for her because she is amazing. And, uh, it was a hard choice to leave, obviously, but, you know, as my next moves are revealed, you'll see that, hey, you know, we got to be closer to home as my kids, as you know, right? Like you want to be close to home and, um, you know, be part and present for your family. I think the the cool thing about it is, is not, is everyone always sees the coach and we've, I've seen even little visuals where it's like an iceberg. You see the tip, you see the coach at games, but you don't get to see all the little behind the scenes things. And to hear this story is so cool to see that it wasn't me who went and chased the, the dream of coaching. It was my wife who believed in me, knew that I had this kind of, you know, this spark inside that hadn't it kind of the fire that kind of dimmed a little bit. And she was like, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to make this happen. Um, and even now when, with the two under two and all that, she was able to kind of still support you and still take care of family and, um, and all those types of things. And you mentioned family earlier, and I think it's even within your players and all the things that you did for them. So it's, it's almost as if what she's done for you, now you're supporting some of the players and all those types of things. It's like, it goes full circle. Right. Yeah. And Ferndale isn't like, like I was trying to say earlier, it's not one of the richest areas you know, we, we did have, we did have struggles with the program when it came to stuff like that, because these kids, you know, they needed lunch in the summer, they needed, they needed financial help, right? So, you know, my wife, 
my wife said, Hey, listen, you know, we're going to give it one more whirl. And then after this, like, you know, obviously we move. So, you know, I get to hire the, my replacement and I make sure the program stays in good hands. Is there, do you now look possibly to, to coach somewhere there close, or are you going to say, look, I'm going to focus on my family and I'll, the next time my coach will be my, my little ones. Um, honestly, we, we have a couple of offers nearby and I think it's just more so, um, due to, I think rules here in Michigan, because a lot of, a lot of coaches haven't finished kind of their end of the year. Got it. You know, we, we just had playoffs. I think what, like we just finished about four weeks ago. So, uh, a lot of coaches haven't done like that postseason brief where they've took down the nets, put all the stuff away. Um, you know, I, uh, my decision will probably come in January and uh, I am going to probably be staying closer. And my wife, it, this is something that's actually pretty crazy. So um, I, uh, I think you, I didn't, I don't know how schools work. I honestly have no idea, right? Like you would know because you're a teacher, but where I've been lately is completely different for where I've been. So it's apples and oranges to what I'm used to. So when you know, these other schools that I live in are the, the, the districts that I live in, you know, they, they know my kids, they know my wife because she teaches in a nearby district. Right. And, um, you know, I think that we're just going to make it work. And my wife, I was going to take a break. And like you said, she's like, no, 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 this is part of who you are. You know, um, you know, your parents live down the street, let's make this work. And, uh, just, just having the more resources at these bigger schools that I live by now are going to, is going to help drastically when it comes to, to making it work with my family. She, she does sound like a saint. I love the fact that like, look, I'll take some time. We'll spend, no, no, no. Off you. I need you to, you go. Um, and I think that is like, it's healthy because I'm sure there's things that she's into that hopefully she gets away and gets to do, um, and vice versa. Um, cause you have to take care of yourself to, you know, let stresses out or have a passion or a hobby um, type of thing. Uh, the 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 high school coaches you mentioned as well that you kind of talked to and what have you. What was what was the experience um, kind of in the league and being new to the, the whole league and the experience of kind of meeting the new coaches and and what have you? Right. Yeah. So there's a guy named Wes. Um, Wes has been Wes coaches at Pontiac, big rival of our schools like every game we play with him is, is close. Right. And we, we shared the title with him last year. Um, he, because he beat us at his home field this year, we lost the title overall. Um, like we just, we're, we're not very close when it comes to, to space. I mean, it's, it's pretty far away. It's about 30 minutes away from Ferndale, but um, you know, he was like the first guy to come to me in the league and said, Hey, you know, welcome, you know, I don't think, you know, but I've been coaching here for this, this, and this, I coached the girls and I met him, um, same way, you know, Hey, I coached the girls, you know, nice to see you. And, and he took me un under his wing and explained to me, like, are we, live, we play in something called the OAA he explained, Hey, you know, they're kind of biased. We're in the lowest division here. We're, we're in smaller schools, poorer schools. And, you know, this is how you, you know, this is, this is what it is. This is how we, we do things. And, um, going all the way up to the highest league, right? So Ian Jones is in the, the OAA red and, you know, his team was ranked nationally this year. And there was a bunch of teams in our OAA red that was ranked nationally. I think we had three that were top 50 in the United States at one point. And, uh, you know, Ian on a whim, um, one of my interns at an old job was his JV coach 
and he re reached out to me he goes hey you know you know kevin blah blah so you know just random communication from these people where you know usually the ad's make these schedules it's super weird i wanted to make my own schedule immediately right and so it bridged all these gaps with people who had no idea like ferndale soccer you know had someone that was that involved right because like i was reaching out to ad's coaches and i'm sure my administration which i'm sure you know they probably hated me because all <laughs> i wanted to do is change things and they've been doing something forever the same way where they just play this many games and and you know i even started a tournament which then became um a bob floros memorial tournament due to a student who died of covid um he was 47 not it was you know he was in the 80s and 90s he went to school there but you know, I shook it all up, you know, because these kids deserved it. And uh, the coaches that I, I really became friends with were the ones that, hey, I would reach out to and we'd create this bond because they know what it's like, right? They know that I'm sure just like we're talking now, it's a grind. I mean, you're there. It's it's an infatuation. It's incestuous. It's it, we do it because we love it, right? It's like we're sick about it. And, you know, when you meet someone who isn't there just collecting a paycheck, who loves it because they love the kids, they love the sport, they love the camaraderie, they love love everything about it. You, you know, you want to go have a beer with them and talk tactics. You want to share, like, you know, what do you think about this? And, and so those people that I mentioned were those people that, you know, at 10 o'clock at night after a big loss, you know, we're going down to the pub and we're, you know, we're waiting for the VO to upload so we can watch the video or, hey, you know, we'll play them too every year and we'll talk tactics. Hey, did this work? Did this not work? What do you think? And um, you know, we create close bonds where you play these really good teams and these coaches rely on you um, and you rely on them to, to give you honest opinion, right? And how you can get better. That That's so refreshing because I think sometimes, which is one of the things that kind of brought me to the podcast was I think coaches want to help other coaches. We want to, I think we all know that we're constantly learning and there's no way we're going to know everything. Uh, you can read all the books you want, go to clinics, do your licensing courses, whatever. But there's something about being in the trenches with other people who are going through, like you said, the grind and being able to pick. Because I'm sure there's conversations where you're like, I think this is probably only happening at Ferndale. And then you talk to the guy at Pontiac or one of those, uh, you know, that's in the red division, who's a national power. And you're like, wait a minute, you have the same you're having the same issues I am. Um, so it's kind of refreshing. I love the fact that even though you're in the same league and there's all this prowess to have banners and league titles and all that stuff, you're like, no, we, I help them by, cause you know, we're trying to help each other, hopefully in the tournament, cause it makes our league look better when we're successful in the tournament. Um, so if I am doing something and they say, Whoa, that was pretty successful. What were you doing? Um, so cool to have that kind of feedback and, and give and take. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Like people don't realize, um, like, so we we had a new team in the league this year. We had a team, like I said, that was almost three times the size of our school. Um, they're called Bloomfield Hills. They, they're a little bit down the street in Ferndale. And same thing, you know, I met Doogie and, you know, it's amazing because they know we have common opponents and until you play them on that day, they'll talk shop with you, right? And same thing with West. I've been talking to West for five years about tactics where we play so many common enemies. We call them common enemies, but, you know, common teams where, <laughs> you know, he'll be, because he, he has the same issues I have is, you know, he comes from a smaller school. Um, you know, he has kids that, that, you know, need to go to work and help provide for their families. And there's days that he has 12 days that he has 15 days that he has 13. So, you know, we, he'll ask me those questions like, oh, you beat him or, hey, it was a close game. Like, 
do you have tape? Tell me your notes. Like, what do you think? And it goes all the way to the top, right? Where guys like Ian Jones, who, who I really relied on, who's, uh, you know, he, he runs one of the Liverpool, um, one of the Liverpool travel teams here in Michigan, one of their little areas, uh, one of the largest areas, sorry, not little, but you know, he, he taught me a lot of things as well. Right. Because, you know, we're, we're always trying to absorb this information on, you know, well, I can go read what a false nine is, but is it going to work with these kids who mm-hmm. aren't going to listen to me? Right. Like this. And, you know, it, it's, it's just great. We have a great community and um, I'm proud to be part of it. Is uh, when you first started, cause I, I'm going to compare with mine. I, when I first started, cause I just finished year two. Um, I went in with like, Oh, I, I got my tactics, my formation. And within the first like week, I was like, Oh, that stuff's out the window. That's not what's important uh, in this mix. I know I've heard that with you, but was that something that you've kind of realized even talking with these coaches um, I guess maybe what I'm trying to go with this. How much does it tactics and how much did you, do you kind of find out about how to be build those relationships? Right. So for me, it's more so because I was an assistant two years prior, I knew what Ferndale needed, right? I think, you know, I've played a very similar formation the last three years and I adjust my tactics per team. And I know a lot of coaches don't do that, right? I know a lot of coaches want to, whether it's possess the ball, they want to counter, they want to sit in a low block, no matter what and counter, right. Or a medium block. Like it's, I, because of how unique my team is consistently with how small it is, like we don't, we aren't good enough at something unless it's just straight counter low block. Like we don't possess enough talent to sit there and hold the ball. Right. And that's, a lot of teams can't do that, right? I would say 80% of the teams in the United States at the high school varsity level aren't good enough to hold the ball and do something with it, right? Like we, we'll play teams that obviously have do too many rondos because all they do is hold the ball, but they have, no, they have no idea what to do with it as soon as they get it past midfield, right? So it cycles, it cycles, and we'll tie them. And it's great. But, you know, tactically, I knew what I wanted to do for two years, but because I wasn't the head coach, I couldn't do it until that third year, right? So um, after watching them play all those – amazing games, whether it was in the rain or not, um, you know, watching them lose, you, you know, coming from a large school, like I did in high school um, and playing, you know, in semi-pro games, like I, I never felt what it was like to get mercyed until I became a coach. Mm-hmm. So that was shocking to me to, to watch a team get mercyed and to watch these kids just hang their heads. And, you know, I told them, Hey, like this, this shouldn't happen. Like we're going to work hard. And, so for two years, like I said, I, I knew like what kids were coming up. I knew what kids we would have. And I, all summer, like I said, it was like I was it, it was infectious, uh, infectious. Sorry. And, you know, we had everything ready. We did tinker with it. Right. Like when someone gets hurt or, um, you know, we will sit in a low block when we play a really, really good team because we don't have the physical or tactical technical awareness to beat those teams. But I mean, it's what we do isn't special, you know, and uh, it doesn't change. We keep it simple. Um, but when we do play, like I said, those OAA red teams, we always sit deep, you know, we'll, we'll show them different looks. Like we'll sit in the back five or, um, you know, then sometimes show them a midfield five and then they get confused because they're like, well, what, where did the third center back go? And they don't know how to break it. And uh, yeah. So no, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think it's, it, if I had a, a deeper team, I think I would, I would probably do what you did, right? Throw everything out the window and and figure out what works best for my kids. But because I have 13 of them yeah, and I know them so well, 
you know, they're really, when we play these big games, we do have to sit back in a low block because we're going to get killed if we don't. Right. Um, and again, that goes back to something I brought up earlier about just knowing your players. Like I'm not going to put, right. I want to put you in a spot where you can be successful because clearly whatever we were doing in the previous, you know, years, you guys were getting pummeled. So let's do something different. We're going to be solid. We're all going to be on the same page and then hopefully get some results from it. Um, the other thing I wanted to kind of pick your brain with is the experience of going in high school to two state titles. And you talked about that coach being a real like person that kind of was dynamic and sparked your love of the game. What was it about him as a coach? And what were some of the things that you took away from those experiences of going to the state title game, even if you did come up short? Right, right. And I want to be honest, like, you know, I wasn't blessed enough to play in those games. I was I went to a big school. I was young. Um, but playing for a winning team, you know, he he was always humbled. Right. And I think he learned that from his father, because, like I said, his father was a award winning soccer coach. And he he was never he was never not approachable. He was always like you could talk to him about anything, whether it was girl problems, homework problems. Um, he was your coach. Um, and I know like mixing coach with friends is something that's like a weird combo, right? But he wasn't, it wasn't like he was your friend. It was more so like he was your mentor, if that makes sense. Right. So he was always open to having that conversation with you to see what you needed to grow. Right. And now as a coach and as a father, I totally understand his approach because some kids need the, Hey, don't be dumb. We need to work harder. Some kids need the soft white glove approach, right? You know that. Um, and he took the time with all of us to, to have that conversation um, throughout the year, regardless. Right. And obviously, you know, we all get upset. We say things and um, in the heat of mo in the heat of the moment, but he was always a guy that, that was so just thought out and had such a great bedside manner when he spoke to you. Um, even to this day, I text him, Hey coach, right. I'm a 33 year old man. And I still say, Hey coach. And um, you know, he's still coaching there and doing great things. And uh, I, I love hearing his, you know, grabbing his ear and asking him, Hey, like, what do you think about this? And um, I'm beyond blessed that he asked me those questions now. <laughs> and I'm, you know, he, he likes to hear what I say. So it's, it's hilarious that it's come full circle circle. And um, a crazy thing is, is that a lot of us that have gone to this high school have become coaches in the Metro Detroit area. So it's, it's absolutely bonkers. Um, you know, one is at a college down the street. Uh, one is at Romeo, which is right down a little bit farther away from me. One just retired because he had his first kid. Um, there's a couple others that I'm, I'm forgetting, but it's, it's just ironic that we all went to the same high school and we're within five years of each other. and We're all our coaches now. So. I don't, I don't even know if that'd be, it'd be ironic. I think that's just the power of coaching. I think you've like, right for you to still have like even just when you talk about it I can it's almost like you're right there in the huddle with him and you can hear his voice you know exactly how he's and how you you recognize even at that at time how he dealt with some of the whatever you want to call them knuckleheads that needed that hard love and then how those people that needed that like just a pat on the back or just an arm around the shoulder and say hey it's all right and work there I think it's you can clearly tell it made an impact on you and it's, it's brought you to be more uh, aware of like being a father, being a coach, you know, just how you kind of go through each of your day, your entire day. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I leaned on him heavily when I first started, right? Like I was, let's see, I was 30 years old. I just got married. 
you know, I was a kid myself at 30, right? You know, let's, let's be honest. I'm, and I'm leading 18 year old kids here mm -hmm. um, with a, a team that hasn't had a winning season for over 10 years. Right. And so we, uh, you know, I talked to him a lot. Same thing. I, I, anybody that I could talk to that had, that had any kind of success or even, you know, just practiced, uh, you know, practiced or uh, played some kind of, whether it was just wreck, right? Like, Hey guys, what do you think about this? Like, let's talk about tactics. I talked to anybody about it. And he, um, like I said, to this day, we text weekly about soccer and now, now that the season's over, we'll talk about other stuff, but um, probably next year. That's what we'll, we'll be talking about. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. It's, we're a very close knit community here and I'm sure you guys are too over there. The, the one thing I've loved about this conversation is just the connections to um you know, with the players to past, you know, teammates, because you mentioned them coaching and all that stuff. So it sounds like you're following along with their journey. They're following along with you, um, past coaches, all those types of things, your wife, who's been incredibly supportive. Um, I'm excited to see the new year come so I can kind of see what does the future hold for Nick. If other people want to follow along and kind of see um, maybe contact you more. Maybe they're in the Michigan area and like, oh, this is awesome. This dude would be great to connect with. Um, what are some great ways that so you've already shared like LinkedIn? It's not like you're out there. So what are some easy ways for people to connect with you and and kind of maybe follow up on this conversation or just see where you're headed in the future? Yeah, Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm Coach Nick Stav on Twitter. And then um, LinkedIn, just look up my name. I'm sure you'll find it the podcast. Look for the one in Metro Detroit that looks like me. There's there's a couple of us. We're not related, which is ironic because my last name is so unique. But uh, we are Islanders, and then there's main mainland Greeks. Uh, same name. Actually, my my last name in Greek means crossmaker. So not like Smith in America, but very similar uh, kind of context of of being common when it comes to uh, parts of Greece. And uh, yeah, so just follow me, like I said, on Twitter, Instagram, same thing, Coach Nick Stav, uh, or LinkedIn. And like I said, they can, they can reach out um, and see, or, or if they need some help, right? So we do a lot of recruiting stuff, and I don't know if we have time to cover this or not, but- Yeah, it's rock and roll. Yeah, so, so we do a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of recruiting cool stuff with these kids that never existed at Ferndale. So when I got there, you know, we had a very special kid my last year. Um, as an assistant coach, his name was Lee. He was my first scholarship kid and he worked so hard on and off the ball. He was a great student. And I remember this, it was late in recruiting season. It was probably March when he signed um, because this was all new to me, right? Like I remember when I was a kid, how it worked, you know, we, you would do college, college chores, nothing was online. It was, you know, you would go for a campus tour, you would work with uh, the assistant coaches, and then you'd work with admissions. I mean, you, like I said, just completely different how it is now with, with uh, I guess I'm aging myself, but completely different now how, you know, you can send them video and uh, you'll go up for an ID camp, right? Because it was completely different from, from when I was a kid. And so, um, you know, just by pure luck, I, I reached out to, I knew he wasn't a D1 player. I knew he was like a fringe D2 NAIA player. Um, you know, I reached out to a couple of teams and, you know, a lot of them liked him, but they already spent their budget for the year because March obviously is very, very late or Jan it was January heading in. March is when he signed, but January is when uh, I, I started this this for him because, you know, he came to me and said, coach, I really want to play in college. And, th and this is what kind of spurred it, right? Because I was just an assistant at the time. So we we worked tirelessly. We knew what his major wanted to be, 
his mom and dad were fantastic. Like he as an older kid now, cause obviously he's, he's a, as of drinking age, he, he bartended one of my baby showers at my, our agenda reveal party at my house. Um, so become, he's become a very close part of our family, but you know, at that time I had no idea what I was doing. Right. You know, I, I looked up the NCAA rules. I looked up NAIA rules, you know, um, I, I tried to find any school that had his major, um, reached out on kids on LinkedIn people. And I finally settled with a couple of schools and Aquinas again, same thing. Um, you know, Luke Ruff was just hired. He was a new coach. Uh, I can't remember where he came from and he's going to kill me if he listens to this, but, um, <laughs> he, and I remember like, it was like, it was yesterday. He, he called me back and I remember I left probably 20 voicemails to coaches about, about his name is Lee about Lee. And so he called me back and he goes, Hey, I'm in Las Vegas for an ID camp. Um, when we come back, have Lee come over. And I remember I was like, Lee, I think he was supposed to go on vacation or something. I'm like, Lee, you got to go. Like, this is it. You know, I don't know, like nobody else. I obviously never told him like, you know, I didn't have anything else for him at that time, which ended up not being the case, but I go, Hey, like, you know, they like your grades. They like, you guys have this, this very good connection on what your major wants to be. Um, go try it out. And so they loved it. So they ended up offering him. And uh, that became one of our pipelines, right? You know, so we would have same conversations with Luke that, um, you know, with a college coach who is, you know, right now turned that program around and Lee was part of that, right? So that was 2019 and he was, he was my first one, right? Like doing a signing day with him was, was so special because the school hasn't had one for a soccer player in years, maybe even decades. And uh, after that, it was just, just hit the dominoes. And, you know, with the girls, we, we did a signing day, um, we did a signing day with, with someone and due to COVID, it, it got a little weird because, you know, unfortunately, you know, COVID hit in 2020. So if you think like going into that, that, that kind of hurt what we wanted to do. And, um, but yeah, then after that, I had two more go to Aquinas for the boys, one go to an NCAA JUCO uh, D1 school here in Michigan. Um, trying to think what else. And then this year I'm going to have four, uh, they haven't made up their mind yet, and I can't tell you where they're going. But we're gonna have another. <laughs> we're gonna have another four signs soon. Um, whether it's Aquinas or somewhere else, you're, you're gonna have to follow and see. But so very proud. I mean, we put we put over. I think it was eight kids now. Eight kids in into college with as student athletes. Right within three years, we took a program that didn't have any scholarship athletes, and and we have eight. Right, so we left the a great legacy that will be continued hopefully by the new coach. And, uh, you know, I totally understand the process now. I know, I know when the rules are, I know the dead period and all those fun things and, uh, when to bug coaches and when not to bug them and, you know, and how budgets work. And, um, it's, it's been a ride and, you know, I've just been grateful to be part of those kids rides. Again, it just, I keep, it's that, uh, like, you know, we talked earlier, you tell the story of just how your wife kind of just pushed and is supportive and supportive and supportive and will do whatever it takes to allow you to coach. And then when I hear this young man says, hey, I'd like to play at the college level, you go and say, all right, I'm going to do everything. I even said I, I did tirelessly. We just worked through it and you were supporting and supporting and supporting. Um, and it's just that I, it's one of the, you know, here pay it forward and all those little sayings and stuff, but clearly, um, you've surrounded yourself within just in your family makeup. And then within, you know, as it grows from there, it's just a continuous, um, thing. And the one thing I keep hearing a lot is I just reached out, 
like I reached out to this coach. All it takes. To this, I reached out. They said, "Hey, I'm interested in doing this." So I reached out to them. You know, um, and I think it's powerful because I think um, even if, like you said, some of the people never answered my voicemail, some of them never emailed me back, but I didn't stop. I kept going because it only takes one coach or one opportunity, and that could be the one that uh, clearly has created a bond with this young man for you. That's going to last the rest of your life. Um, and then it's the same for these other, you know, seven, eight that have signed and gone on to be student athletes. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredibly special. And I think, you know, given their circumstances, like going to a small school, you know, sub 500, 600 kids, um, to be able to say, Hey, I have four kids signing for colleges is something that we're so proud of. Right. And it's not me, it's these kids working hard and, we're just lucky to be there to help bridge the gap for them and, and make that next step. But, you know, it's uh, these kids worked hard. They, their parents are fantastic. They let me take their summers away from them and uh, push them all summer and uh, get them where they need to be. So, well, the cool thing too, is I'm sure there's kids in the hallways walking around that thought I'd love to go play in some sport, whatever. And now when they get to see like, Oh, kids are actually taking that and they're being successful. Like they're, going they're playing they're staying uh and enjoying it now it kind of opens up eyes for the other you know 500 plus that are maybe thinking about doing it maybe not in soccer but in some type of other type of thing which is awesome right yeah i mean it's you know these kids are inspiring and i think that's why my wife did what she did and um to even add more to that so my last home game uh before playoffs my wife got me a shirt that the boys all signed um, with the year on it and they framed it, they all signed it and they put it in this big frame. It's, it's over there. It's in on the other part of my office. I'd show you, but, um, I'll, you'll probably see it. it's on Twitter, I think, but, um, you know, it was really special. My wife, like I said, just had a newborn. She went out of her way to have a custom shirt made for me with, um, you know, the number on it with all the kids, you know, my captains, she worked with the moms and the captains to get this thing signed for me. And, you know, I, during halftime, I just sat there and wanted the ball like a baby because, you know, it, it's been a fantastic five years for me. And uh, it was sad to say goodbye. And, you know, she, she made sure, you know, these kids and, and these parents were, were all in sync and, and they made me this fantastic gift that, like I said, I look at every day and it's, it's like, you know, one of the reasons why, right? Like you, you've changed these kids' lives and they kept this secret from you with your, with your wife for weeks. And then, you know, and then in front of, you know, 50, 60 people or whatever, how many people were there, you know, they take this thing out of a box that you thought was uh, garbage sitting in the corner. And, you know, here's a, a framed t-shirt or Jersey that they all signed for you. So, um, you know, it's, it's been an amazing ride and I I'm excited for what's next, but I'm going to never forget that, that town and those kids. For sure. For sure. Nick, I've absolutely loved and enjoyed every minute of this conversation. Uh, I'm going to shut this thing down. This is Kieran Coach's Corner Chats with Nick Stravropoulos, and I'm out. Peace. The hoodie and beanie option for today's episode was brought to you by Birdbrain Apparel. Visit shopbirdbrain.com dot com.